introduce you to my next guest. She has been the host of Lush Life Podcast since its launch and is a voice you have grown used to after 176 episodes. She also seems to be speaking about herself in the third person. I think you may have guessed by now. I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time. Today, I thought I would turn the microphone around and answer all of those questions that I am always asked. Why did you start Lush Life Podcast? Where did this interest in all things cocktails came from? What's my favorite cocktail? Etc. I've been reticent to talk about myself in past episodes because I want it to be all about my guests. Still, a few fans of the show encouraged me to reveal a bit more about myself. And now you have a whole episode about me before you. Careful what you wish for. At the start of each show, I usually ask my guests to begin at the beginning, where they were born, a bit about their upbringing, and why they chose the drinks industry. Well, I'm not going to inflict that on you. Suffice to say, I am an American living in London who, like one of my idols, David Wandrich, speaks Italian pretty well. I do have to include, though, one Baby Schwartz anecdote that, I feel, foreshadowed my interest in the drinks world. When I was about nine or ten, we had these two beautiful cut glass decanters on the sideboard in our dining room, and one was filled with this gorgeous green liquid and the other was dark red. And the red one was not so nice to my young palate, so I ignored that one. But the green one was creme de mint. I found that out later, but every time I passed by it, I couldn't help but sample a tiny bit by dipping my pinky in. Well, unbeknownst to me, my parents had noticed that this creme de menthe was slowly disappearing day by day, and they even marked it with a pencil to see it descend. So who could it be? It had to be my older brother, right? So he was scolded and told to keep his mitts off the stuff. Now he had always, he always pleaded innocent, but who else could it be? Now, I was in the dark about all of this until one day, out of nowhere, recently, I said, wasn't it funny when I was little and used to stick my finger in the creme de menthe? My parents were like, that was you? What can I say? Fast forward to college, where beer drinking was the rage. Now, I never loved beer out of a bottle. I still don't. So... Jello shots were my cocktail of choice. Good old Everclear. <laughs> no wonder there's no spirit that seems too boozy for me. It wasn't really until a semester brought in Italy when I was introduced to the wonders of Negronis, Bellinis, Scropini. I mean, what cocktail lover wouldn't relish like a Negroni or two at Giacosa, which was actually my local coffee house, and the spot, rumor has it, where the Negroni was invented? Unfortunately, and I think this is a crime, the city of Florence allowed that beautiful bar to be demolished in the 90s, so you can't go there anymore. Now, graduate school in England was a lesson in sherry and port drinking and diamond white, which, if you haven't heard of it, is a hugely alcoholic uh, cider, which being on the on the rugby team, we drank a lot of. And then after that, I went on to New York to experience firsthand the rise of the cocktail renaissance we are living in right now. Let me tell you, there is not a day that goes by when I don't wish I could turn back time 
and settle into milk and honey and never leave. Truthfully, I was there once or twice, and I so didn't appreciate the magic that Sasha Petrovsky was performing in that glass. I did go to Angel Share in the Rainbow Room to name a few. I just wish that I had frequented them more frequently. <laughs> Saying that, I did my fair share of boozing with the best, from Cosmos to Dirty Martinis to Rob Roy's. It was the 90s, after all. What I feel is my professional drinking life, it kicked off when I moved to London. That was the early 2000s, and London was like a wash with new bars, and I wanted to try every single one of them. I had been writing Best Bits Worldwide, which is my luxury travel and food blog, for about two years, when I came to this realization that although I do love to eat, getting excited over food was just not my thing. I was much more interested in what was being served in the glass next to the plate. So I don't know if you know, but as travel journalists, we are sometimes invited on what's called a press trip, which is a jaunt organized to show you the best bits of any destination. Now, on one such of these press trips to Capri, Italy, we ate a lunch that was to die for and about five hours long. And then we were whisked off about two hours later to a lemon-themed restaurant for dinner. Now, I just couldn't eat anymore. We had had a huge lunch. So I ordered a limoncello, and then I ordered another as my dinner. And then when I returned back to the hotel, I sat at the bar and I was chatting to the bartender until closing time. And his story, kind of his life story, so intrigued me that as a lover of podcasts, I tried to find one that gave me that same experience, that introduced me to the person behind the bar. And although there are some and some really, really good podcasts that were around then about five years ago, I just didn't find the one that concentrated on what I call the whys, why someone got behind the bar, why they were making this drink, why it was important to make that perfect cocktail, why was it important to use fresh ingredients, what had they done in their life beforehand to make them want to choose bartending or distilling over anything else. So at that moment... I had this kooky idea of starting my own podcast. And in theory, I was thinking it would be a weekly program getting to know the people behind the cocktails. Now, I first called it Best Sips Worldwide to go with my already established blog. I bought a, a microphone that fit into my iPhone and I kind of went on my way I, I to look to, to find guests. I approached anyone I'd worked with before, hotel PRs, restaurant PRs, friends. And at first, it was not that easy to convince someone that an hour of spoken content was the way to promote their client or themselves. But a few were willing to give it a try. I have to give a huge shout out to the first three, which were Andy Mill of the Cocktail Training Company, whose last name, by the way, I thought was Mills for years, Benoit Provo of the American Bar at the Stafford, whose last name I spelled wrong in all my materials to begin with, what is with me in last names, I'm not sure, and the wonderful Alessandro Palazzi of Dukes, who was so gentlemanly. He stopped and waited for the customer behind us who was 
had like a huge coughing fit behind us and he stopped every two minutes. And I think our first our podcast time was about an hour and a half until I cut it down. As this Best Sips podcast grew and more people wanted to be on my show and I started to concentrate more on cocktails and I was making cocktails at home and I wanted to put recipes on the site, I knew that I had to take it away from Best Bits Worldwide blog and create a home of its own. That's when a LushLifeManual.com was born and I rebranded Best Sips to be Lush Life Podcast. I still wasn't sure if that would work. I really had to start everything from from the beginning, all my social media, all of that, um, a whole new website. So I was really starting from ground zero again. But it was really, really exciting when later on that year, I was chosen as a finalist for the 2018 Savoir Blog Awards for Best Drinks Blog out of more than 20,000 entries. Now, since launching my podcast four and a half years ago and the the website two years ago and starting my Lush Life cocktail tours and speaking at at events like Also Festival, I, I have to say I've met some of the best people I have ever known. I am constantly inspired and in awe of the tastemakers, the writers, the artists, the PRs, everyone I meet in the industry, everyone who's been on my program. Their generosity of spirit and time has allowed me to really keep doing what I'm doing, and I love them for that. In this terrible year, my heart aches for what we've lost, um, not only milk and honey from my Lush Life cocktail tour, but any bar or restaurant around the world that's been affected by this. I hope that even in my small way, by continuing what I'm doing, I can help the world out there understand that a bar is not just a place to quench your thirst, but a home for so many of us. So in a nutshell, this is who I am. And this is why I bring Lush Life to you every Tuesday. And this is why I remain your drinking companion and I'm inspired to live life one cocktail at a time. You know I couldn't leave you without telling you my top tips for the home bartender and where I would have a drink right now if I could choose anywhere in the world. I love my stuff. My jigger, my shaker, my mixing glass, my Hawthorne strainer, and especially my bar spoon. I think that's what makes me feel like a home bartender. Shaking is fun, but I love the feel of the bar spoon sliding between the ice cube and the glass while stirring my old-fashioned. It makes me feel like such a professional. So my top tip is get the stuff and you will feel like a professional no matter what cocktail you make. Now, if I could be anywhere in the world drinking anything, it would definitely have to be at my parents' house in Pennsylvania right now, drinking eggnog with a splash of homemade ginger vodka in it, toasting to a new and better year coming up. So that recipe for ginger vodka, plus the milk punch it goes with, well, they're my final cocktail of the week of 2020. The Ginger Snap Punch, as it's called, our cocktail of the week, was originally made by the amazing Jerry Banks of Fresen, 
a restaurant I used to frequent when I was living in New York, and it has been my go-to holiday cocktail every year. It's super easy, but it takes a bit of time. For the most important ingredient, the ginger vodka, take about a pound of candy ginger, or about 400 grams, and put it in a jug. Then pour one liter of any vodka. I use a supermarket vodka like Waitrose or Sainsbury's, but you can use any. And just don't use your premium vodkas as you'll be tasting the ginger, not the vodka. Now, let that sit for one to two weeks, stirring occasionally and tasting. And when the flavor is to your taste, then take out the candied ginger and pour the liquid into the empty vodka bottles. Now, to make the punch, you'll need to add one cup of sugar with one cup of water to a pot over medium heat to dissolve the sugar. Then add in a quarter cup of grated fresh ginger, two cinnamon sticks broken up, and three to four whole cloves. Stir it well and then take it off the heat and let it sit for about four hours at room temperature. Then you're gonna add that syrup to one gallon of milk and refrigerate it for two to six hours or overnight. And then the flavors really, really develop. You're gonna wanna then strain it and serve it cold or very gently warm. Do not allow the milk to boil. And then add the ginger vodka to taste. Then you serve it with a cinnamon stick and sprinkle a little nutmeg on top. There it is, the ginger snap punch. And by the way, you can keep the ginger vodka for a few months in the fridge, but I love it neat straight from the freezer. You'll find this recipe plus more festive punch and eggnog recipes and all the cocktails of the week at alushlifemanual.com, where you'll find all the ingredients in our shop. I think you've heard enough from me. So, if you live for Lush Life, make sure you are giving back to the bars or restaurants you love by donating or eating out or taking part in cocktail or food delivery where you live. Theme music for Lush Life is by Stephen Shapiro and Youth With Permission. And Lush Life is always and will be forever produced by Evo Terra and Simpler Media Productions. Which leaves me to say the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation. And always drink responsibly and wash your hands and wear a mask. I wish you all the best for a healthy and happy new year. Until next time, bottoms up.